All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume, imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's a beautiful What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Gold Jr. That is me. With me, as always, Super Producer Brandon Newman, Jeremy out in the desert, and my father, Mike Golick Sr. And Dad, can you feel it? Can you feel what's happening today? It's football! It is football time! I mean, we are now having football until February. I mean, what the, it, the, it's... The most dark day after the Super Bowl, when football ends, we all kind of go into our doldrums before we kind of roll out of it and start to watch the other sports and get interested. And then we act really interested and hyped up until we get to that dead period again after the NBA Finals when we're waiting and waiting and waiting. And then camps open, and now a game is tonight. Back in 1985, I played in this game. Well, my team played in this game. I did not play in this game. Uh, I had a broken ankle. I was drafted by the Houston Oilers. It was my rookie year. And we, uh, we the Oilers played in this game, and I was there in street clothes. But that was still my first kind of official NFL game, man. It was it was wild. It was uh, the, the start of that career there, the start of the NFL season, where everybody has hope. And for Jet fans, for the first time in a long time, you have some hope. Who was, uh, Dad, who was the Hall of Fame inductee for the Oilers the year that you guys were playing in that game? Because obviously that's a big part of tonight for everybody. This is the opening of the weekend where we're going to see the Hall of Fame inductees enshrined for this year. For the Jets, you've got Joe Klecko and uh, Darrell Revis. And for the Browns, you've got Joe Thomas going in. So who was getting celebrated for you guys that year? Well, I I don't. I'm looking at the, at the, the group from 85. And I, I don't see one from the Oilers. Uh, Roger Staubach went in that year. Uh, Joe Namath went in that year. And some fella named O.J. Simpson went in that year as well. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, uh, uh, Pete Rosell went in as a contributor uh, that year. 
Uh, so yeah, that was uh, that was a finalist who didn't make the cut. Um, I'm see- guys guys who didn't make it: Fran Tarkington, Fred Belitnikov, John Madden, Paul Hornig, Willie Lanier. I mean, oh my wow, God, what a murderer's yeah. row of a class this had to be. No pun intended with the OJ thing for them to actually yeah. mix those names. My yeah, God, isn't that the Dad, truth? this is like, this is the Hall of Fame class. And I don't know when it was for you exactly, but this is the Hall of Fame class for me that feels like it's finally hitting to a lot of the guys I grew up watching, right? Darrell Revis and Revis Island were a revelation. Right, Joe right. Thomas, obviously, as a young offensive lineman. I loved NBC Sports did a bunch of Hall of Fame gold jacket stats for these guys. And for Joe Thomas, Joe Thomas had six first-team All-Pros and made 10 Pro Bowls while playing for seven different head coaches and 18 yeah. different starting quarterbacks. So he had more head coaches than all pros and more starting quarterbacks than Pro Bowl appearances in his storied career. That poor man deserves even more than a gold jacket for what he shouldered in that city. I remember when when this group of candidates for this year's class was going on, and, and somebody wrote, and I couldn't believe it, said there are no there were no locks this year. Which was a joke. Now, again, I think the rule is there has to be at least three or four and no more than seven. I think there's in that range. So you knew there was going to be people voted in, but they said no locks. Joe Thomas was as much of a lock as anybody is going to be a lock, right? I mean, there was zero question that Joe Thomas, A, was getting into the Hall of Fame and B, was getting into the Hall of Fame on his first ballot. To think otherwise, I question anybody's stature as anybody commenting on this to think that Joe Thomas wasn't a lock. And when you read about that guy, we've gotten to know him over the years, such a good guy. The the amount of iterations or things he did, because every athlete, I think, probably every person, but we're talking sports here, has some little ticks that they do, things that you had to do before a game, things that I did before a game. His list grew over the years to where he would have to leave early to go to the stadium or leave a team meeting to go to practice uh, to get ready for practice or ready for a game because he had so many things that he had to do to prepare. And you know what you did? You let him do all those things because he was generationally the best left tackle. I was just going to say, for so many people, like if I, the undrafted free agent trying to make the team and sit up, be like, Coach, yeah. listen, I got to go out to the field. I got to start my routine. But <laughs> Mike, shut the hell up and sit back down, you freaking yeah. moron. Joe Thomas says, hey, you know what, Joe? Let us know if we need to send one of the rookies out with you to help with anything. They're not going to make the team anyway, so it'll be fine there. So it, it's, <laughs> it is – it is an interesting reminder of how built different certain guys like yeah. that are. I did love, too, specific to this game, which we'll get to in a second, because we got a great show for you guys today. As always, download, subscribe, rate, review. Leave us that five-star rating. DraftKings YouTube, DraftKingsNetwork.com is where you can watch us. We got more college football chaos. Jared Carabas from Baseball is Dead and podca- uh, Name Redacted Podcast. Going to join us and break down what we saw at the MLB trade deadline, some of the fallout from that as we get ready for the home stretch of that season as well. Uh, and the Hall of Fame game, like we said, Sickos Unite. I am so excited to start pushing off plans and canceling on people so I can watch football games with the future me's of America playing deep into the fourth quarter of a lot of these. And, Dad, the other side, Darrell Revis, that we mentioned, because Joe Klecko was interesting. I didn't realize the only player that was voted to the Pro Bowl in all three positions on the defensive yeah. line is the distinction that he carries. 
But for Darrell Revis, when you looked, it listed the teams every uh, one of these guys played for. And usually, Hall of Famer, you're a guy that was on one, maybe two teams, the team that drafted you, and then the right. team where you made your name and made your, uh, made your history that got you here. Darrell, Darrell Revis, one of the NFL's greatest mercenaries throughout his career, yes. just seeing yes. him tick off teams down there, as he was one of the originators in the league of taking short one-year deals, betting yep. on himself, continuing to ball out, and then leaving to take a payday elsewhere. That man truly knew no country, and I really appreciated how he approached that early on. I always wondered if that would be more of a trend, and then you realize there are very few guys that can consistently go out there and just stick the other teams number one the way he did, so it probably wasn't going to happen. Happen. He was a guy that, man, football, while I'm sure he loved the game of football, football, he treated it as a business, and he did very well at the business end of football. And we should give a quick congratulations uh, to those who have made it in. Rondé Barber, the only player in NFL history, 45 interceptions, 25 sacks. Coach Don Coriel, Air Coriel, first to win 100 games at both collegiate and NFL levels. Chuck Howley, the only player who was a Super Bowl MVP on a losing team. Then you mentioned Joe Klecko. You mentioned Darrell Rivas. The Bengals cornerback, Ken Riley, who unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago, tied for fifth in NFL uh, history and interceptions. Joe Thomas, uh, DeMarcus Ware, the franchise leader for the Cowboys in sacks, and Zach Thomas, fifth all-time in career tackle. So a nice group going into the Hall of Fame and what, again, starts an incredible weekend for them. We all see the induction ceremony, but Players all say that the player luncheon is one of the, the great ones when they get that gold jacket um, and, and just how that something you and I will never, never see, uh, but just that luncheon of, of how they're all there and all the gold jackets are there or those who come in town and just what a great experience that luncheon is. Yeah, no, I, I've heard that's the one, too, where the old Hall of Famers will get up and make speeches, and you get to hear from yes. so many of the guys that, even for these Hall of Famers, were the guys they yes. looked up to. So yep. it, it is very cool. I look forward to checking out Canton when Zach gets inducted in like eight years or whenever he retires. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Dad, in the meantime tonight, I know people are going to balk at this. Because the Hall of Fame game is the extra preseason game on the schedule. Both the Jets and the Browns get four, where the rest of the NFL's got three at this point. And we're not going to see Aaron Rodgers play. We're not going to see Deshaun Watson play. But their sneaky is a bunch of stuff. If you're a football sicko, and I feel like more and more of us are converted to that lifestyle to look forward to in this game between Zach Wilson, seeing what he looks like after his famous proclamation that right. he was going to make Aaron Rodgers' life hell when he came into camp. We'll see if he delivered on any of that. Jets fans probably yeah. concerned about Makai Becton. Seeing him, he's probably going to get 20, 25 snaps in this game. Their former first-round pick out of Louisville, who's been so banged up the last couple of years, trying to see if you make good on that one. So there's some stuff. If you look hard enough here, college football fans, I'm pumped to see Dorian Thompson-Robinson get some run over yeah. in Cleveland. He's competing for one of those backup jobs there, an unbelievable quarterback at UCLA. It's just, you know what it is, is it feels like the first day of school energy where you walk yeah. in and everything's new and exciting again and you're walking around and you're seeing your friends for me on NFL Twitter and we're dapping each other up. And then about halfway through the day, you realize, oh man, this is just school again. And about halfway through tonight, I'm going to realize, oh my God, this is just a football game played largely by college football players that aren't going to make it at this level. What am I doing here? Yeah, but you, you're watching football is what you're doing, and everybody's excited about it. You mentioned some of the top things going on. Kellen Mond is there, was with the Vikings, now 
with the Browns trying to be the backup. He's the guy that's going to get the start tonight. You mentioned Makai Becton, a guy who was hurt two years in a row, lost 50 pounds, said, I am a left tackle, even though he may play right tackle, probably play left tackle tonight. Not not in the starting lineup, uh, yet got his work, work his way back. Uh, I think Jim Schwartz taking over the defense for Cleveland is big. This has been, I kind of said this a couple of years ago about the Washington defense. For what they had on paper, they underachieved, and then they played better last year. This Cleveland Browns defense has been underachieving as well. Schwartz is going to make them extremely aggressive, so I'm excited. Now, again, you won't see much of it in the preseason. It's a little more vanilla, but something to look forward to. And then the thing that always amazes me, Mike, in this, you can bet on this game. You can Hell bet yeah, you can, on the baby. very first preseason game there is. There is a line in this game. There's other bets to make off this. It's unbelievable to me that people are going to throw down their hard-earned money on a game where you have no friggin' idea what is going to happen with some of the guys that are going to be playing. DraftKings Sportsbook has the line Jets minus one and a half with the over-under at 33 and a half in this game. And I'm not going to lie, Dad. There is something pretty enticing about a preseason under. Just looking out at the ticket, I don't know how I'm going to be able to resist this. <laughs> Growing up playing sports, I learned really quickly that how you do the little things is how you're going to do everything. That's why coaches always harped on us about having our hand behind the line on sprints or picking up our locker because that was going to directly translate to critical moments on the field, making sure we're lined up right, taking the right steps so we can go out there and execute and win ball games. Small actions can have big benefits, just like how taking care of your gut can support your entire body's health. That's where our friends at Seed come into play. Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic is going to benefit your gut, skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I just got my welcome kit and started taking Seed's DSO-1 myself and I'm loving it. I love the convenience of being able to have it in the cabinet with my other supplements because you don't need to worry about refrigerating it and I love the free travel vial that comes along with it. I'm constantly on the road and so being able to take DSO-1 with me on the go is huge for my lifestyle here. I'll tell you what else I love is the fact that it's backed by science. DSO-1 was developed in collaboration with Seed Scientific Board and based on their foundational work in probiotics and the microbiome and with new clinical trials and breakthrough research published in top scientific journals, Seed's probiotic research research, development, and innovation programs make DSO-1 a product you can trust. And it's great with convenience, too. Probiotics and prebiotics work best when they're used consistently, just like any other routine health habit. And Seed's subscription service is going to easily help build DSO-1 into your routine, again, with no refrigeration required. So, trust your gut with Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash gojo and use code 25gojo to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash gojo, code 25gojo. All right, Dad. Again, I feel bad about what's going on with the college football discussion at large because I remember back really in like the spring, early summer, feeling frustrated with the sheer volume of college football business conversation that was going on in the streets right now. It made me long for this time of year where I thought we're getting to camps and we get up here and be able to talk about teams, which we will. Like in the coming weeks, we're going to get yeah, to the actual yeah. college football on the field talk here. But I thought when we talked about Florida State for the first time this fall on this podcast, <laughs> it was going to be about how 
hey, listen, Mike Norvell actually stuck around long enough to make a team happen here. Everyone wanted to run him out of town a few years ago, but they financially couldn't afford that and are probably going to claim now that they knew they had their guy and stuck with him. And so now him and Jordan Travis are going to lead one of the most explosive offenses in college football. They went into the portal and did some pretty interesting things. And so uh, you're excited about their prospect, a legitimate challenger in the ACC to Clemson and what's been going on in there for a while. And instead, we're going to talk about them relative to a meeting of trustees talking about potentially forcing their way out of the conference, not if, but when it comes up after more chaos yesterday surrounding the Pac-12 and other schools, also potentially getting poached by the likes of the Big Ten dad. Wednesday afternoon, Yahoo Sports reported that a small group of Big Ten presidents had preliminary conversations about potentially expanding with some combinations of Oregon, Washington, Cal, and Stanford. Multiple other outlets confirmed that as well. And so, Dad, it seems like the Colorado domino is going to be, you know, the face that launched a thousand ships of this next round of college football realignment. This really made me dig a little bit, Mike. And so what have we talked about so far? Florida State, what conference are they in? ACC. ACC. Now we're talking about the Big Ten taking more teams from the Pac-12, basically leaving the Pac-12 worthless. Can I take you back to August 24th, 2021? Not even two years ago. Brandon, if I could have a little bit of patriotic music right now, I would appreciate that. This is the article back on August 24, 2021. The ACC Big Ten and Pac-12 today announced an historic alliance that will bring 41 world-class institutions together on a collaborative approach surrounding the future evolution of college athletics and scheduling. The alliance, which was unanimously supported by presidents, chancellors, and athletic directors at all 41 institutions, will be guided in all class, in all cases by commitment to and prioritization of supporting student-athlete well-being, academic and athletic opportunities, experiences, and diverse educational programming. The three conferences are grounded in their support of broad-based athletic programs, the collegiate model, and opportunities for student-athletes as part of the educational mission of said institutions. Seriously. This was less than two years ago. Thank you for the laugh track on that. Less than two years ago, the Pac-12, the Big Ten, and the ACC all were arm in arm saying, guys, we're in this together. We are going to do things together. Now, we're still going to schedule differently, but we're in this together. We're going to make decisions together. How laughable. Not even two years later, it is a complete joke. It is so every man or every themselves that, listen, we mocked this alliance when they announced not even even two years ago. And this just, again, proves you go back to the printing of that and what they were trying to do and what a joke that has become. Yeah, it went from an alliance to the Red Wedding very quickly. And the results on the other side are ridiculous now, too, because there are reports out there. And I saw reputable people, Nicole Arbach, our great friend over at The Athletic. Congrats on becoming NBC Sports, official college football insider, Mm -hmm. by the way, Uh, Nicole but saying that there are reports that the Big Ten didn't want to be seen as the ones firing the death blow into the Pac-12, as if prying USC out of the thing didn't opened up the wound two years ago when you originally pulled that off. Listen, 
every conference needs to be honest with who they are now. Stop holding on to these notions of academia or clinging on to years past. You all hired business people for your conference commissioners. You're all playing in the muck right now, trying to just hoover vacuum TV dollars left and right wherever you can. Accept what you are now. You're a gigantic, which you know what, quite frankly, is what conferences have always been. As I sat here for years and listened to people wax you know wax poetic about conferences and complain about how Notre Dame needed to join one they've always been gigantic money making vessels for their member institutions maybe in a year before it used to mean something but for my adult lifetime they have been means to a financial end and that's where we're at right now and so dad i've stopped pretending to know what the timeline for any of this is going to look like right now Matt Brown, who does one of the best college football newsletters out there, Extra Points, if you don't follow it and you care about these things that are happening in college football, you should be following it. Detailed all of the understandable red tape that's going to come with this, right? If more teams were going to join the Big Ten, you're going to have red tape about adding maybe a potentially fourth television partner to deal with the inventory. There is the actual political blowback of these things because of all the different uh, states that would be involved in this. Obviously, these are decisions made by university presidents. They have nothing to do with the football people. These are decisions made high above their payroll. But the bottom line is, Dad, it's probably going to happen here at some point. And everyone needs to wave goodbye to that antiquated notion because I saw a lot of ticked-off ACC fans talking about, well, what has Florida State won recently in the last 20 years? Looking at you know, the Pac-12, Dan Lanning took shots at Colorado like – this is just people jumping off the jumping off the Titanic trying to get into lifeboats. In Colorado's case, it had nothing to do with how good or bad they are. They're a warm body at a time where the Big 12 needed them. And for the ACC and Florida State, like this is brand building, baby. And Florida State's one of the brands that's going to outlive everybody else. That's the cold reality, they but are. it's the reality nonetheless. Yeah, it, it is. And then and there's different things for different schools like Florida State's $120 million buyout. Then there's the court. They'd have to go to court for the rights fees of the TV deal, which goes to 2036. In the Pac-12, Pac-9, whatever the hell they are now, it's about, okay, do we want to stay and try and rebuild this or do we want to go and do what's best for our for our program. Then, as you mentioned, this is the presidents. This is not the coaches or not the ADs. Stanford currently has their president that just stepped down. Ohio State doesn't have a permanent president. Northwestern is probably going to lose their president if just lawsuit after yeah. lawsuit gets slapped <laughs> on that school. So this is, do you want to talk about something that's in motion, but man, what direction it goes, I have no idea outside of knowing it's going to end up with a couple of super conferences. And just know the Big Ten wants you to know, guys, this was never personal. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Just putting a bow on everything with College Dad, like if we were asked to be somewhat predictive in this, I do think it's going to be the four corner schools that probably head to the Big 12 first because you've got to look in order of necessity. Like those are the schools that are going to need a home. Oregon and Washington are the big players in this conversation. Clemson and Florida State are the big players in this conversation. And because of that, they know they're going to have a home in this new world order of the big two between the Big Ten and the SEC. I think it's everyone else, kind of like we saw with Colorado, who outside of you know Utah, who certainly back-to-back Pac-12 championships, they've been a contender. But yeah. television-wise, we know it is what it is. Outside of them, everyone else is just going to be someone looking for a home. And I think Arizona, Arizona State fall into that. And anyone we might see, it's going to be way more difficult for the ACC because of their TV deal. But I think we'd see movement on that first. And again, I think you're going to just see teams acting out of desperation right now that ultimately, for the viewer, isn't going to change much. Like, yes, if you are a huge fan of a particular conference, it's going to take away some of the regional variety. It's going to take away some of those rivalries that you've grown up with potentially and affect what was traditionally a regional sport. But we've seen this thing push a national for a while, and we're going to get to this fall and I think be amazed at how insulated this still feels from all the changes on the outside, how each of these Saturdays still feel like something special, especially in a world where we know we got more teams making the playoffs soon. That's never going to change, Mike. And I re- listen, this isn't the first time teams have jumped conferences. It has happened. And the complaint was, oh, my God, we lost that rivalry. And you know what happens? Everybody gets over it. Everybody fills the stadium to watch their team play, even if it isn't against that rivalry rival team anymore. You're still going to watch it. So I agree 100%. One thing that they're going to need to be careful about. You're pulling a lot of teams from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten, and let's assume it's going to happen because it's going to happen. Now you're going to have a handful or so teams from the Pac-12. So are you going to? If you're going to get to 20 teams, you're going to have divisions. Are you going to have a Western division? You have to be careful because again, you got to pull in a fourth TV partner of when those and those teams are going to play one another. But let's remember those teams playing one another now in the Pac-12 hasn't garnered much ratings for them to get any kind of a great TV deal. So you, you, while those teams will still play each other, geographically it makes sense. All right, well, mercifully, we're going to get far away from uh, one sport that was largely regional, gone national, and uh, head to another right now. We're coming off Major League Baseball's trade deadline, and that means we need some help sifting through and sorting through the wreckage. And to help us do that, we have got our good friend Jared Carabas, co-host of the Baseball is Dead and Name Redacted podcast. He is brought to you by DirecTV, home of the most local Major League Baseball games. Jared, how you doing, man? I'm hanging in there. How about you guys? No complaints, man. We're uh, we're surviving right now. Uh, we're getting ready to start our season. We know you're in the middle of Major League Baseball season right now, and we're coming off the deadline here. So I, I, I guess probably starting with, 
the thing that most casual fans were enamored with going into the deadline and had ripped away pretty quickly. The Shohei Itani saga with the Angels, they decide pretty quickly not to be sellers. They're going to hold on to him. They go and actually turn into buyers at the deadline and get ready to make this postseason push. Where do you handicap them right now as a team that can realistically not only make the playoffs, but make the playoffs and hold on to this generational talent? That was a huge mistake. <laughs> they, they never should have done that. Um, I, I tweeted that yesterday. I mean, like Lucas Giolito, who I love, goes out there, gives up nine earned runs to the Atlanta Braves, which, I mean, that's the best lineup that I've seen in quite some time. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I know like they were in a lose-lose situation because on one end you want to commend them for actually going for it. Um, I, I, I think – a lot of people would have been upset if it's like, yeah, they're like, what, three games out of a playoff spot, four games out of a playoff spot. They have the two best players on planet Earth, and they're just going to punt on that. But that was the right move because at the end of the day, uh, baseball is a team sport. I know that you can have superstars. on. Like, Look no further than the Angels to be like, yeah, like we have the two best players on the Earth on the same team, and they just don't move the needle in terms of getting that team to October. Uh, adding Lucas Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez was not enough to get them over the hump. So all they did was like – not only did they not get anything for Shohei Otani, they could have gotten the biggest prospect haul of all time, uh, but then they give up prospects to bring in two guys that aren't going to help them get to the playoffs anyway. So they just super lose. Yeah, they're four games out of the last wild card spot, four teams to jump uh, to get there. I have one more on him before we get to the, the ridiculousness of the Mets at this point. J just the fun part of this. When Shohei Otani signs, whether it's back with the Angels or he's a free agent and signs, what do you predict his number will be? I think it starts with a six, and then it's kind of just a wow. bidding war from there. Yeah, I think it's it has to be like if if that number doesn't start with a six, I don't pick up my phone. And after that, it's like, all right, we can do like increments of however much you want to go from there. But it, it's a starts with a six party. There's probably going to be like three or four teams. And yeah, I, I I can't say that. So I think it's crazy for me to say, I don't even think I want the Red Sox to be involved. Like, I just want to watch him from afar. Like, I don't want to be a part of that second half of his career where like you're not getting the good years. Like... You're you're getting you're gonna get some great years in there, but you're also gonna get the part of his career where the narrative becomes all right. Which one does he have to give up, pitching or hitting? Like that's the part that you're signing up for. The Angels got all the good fun. So that that's all great news for him. With it begins with a six. That's incredible. Then we sit there and go to the Mets, who trade their closer away, and Robertson goes to to, to the Marlins, and Scherzer goes in to talk to the owner and say. What the hell is going on? It isn't assured of anything. So he's traded. Verlander's traded. $365 million payroll. Doesn't get him squat. Where does this mess end? Well, it's the Mets, so it never ends. That's that's what the Mets <laughs> do. It's just an ongoing saga of drama and nonsense. So uh, the answer is that it never ends. But, you know, Max Scherzer goes out there the second that he gets to Texas and kind of just unveils Billy Epler's plan. Like, hey, uh, just so everyone knows, they're not planning on contending next year either. Like, we were terrible this year. They're going to be terrible next year. And then the goal is 25, possibly 26. And there he got some criticism for revealing that plan because it's like, well, you're not with the Mets anymore. Like, it, what do you care what their plan is now that you're with the Texas Rangers? I think that he's just such a competitive guy that I think he wanted Mets fans to know 
you know, like, cause he had a no trade clause and he waived it to go to Texas. Like, Hey, I signed with the Mets to win a championship with the Mets. And I want you guys to know that, Hey, I'm 39, 40 years old. I only have so many bullets left in the tank here. So I waived my no trade, not because things got tough and I, I you know, got out of Dodge, but I was told, Hey, if you stay here, we're not going to be good for basically the rest of your career. It's a tough scene, and like you said, Mets fans should be used to this, experiencing or hoping for joy as a fool's errand with that team. Who should be excited, Jared? Who looked around, Who do you look around at after the deadline and say was the real big winner of what went on here? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't overly impressed with anyone. I, I commend the aggressiveness of the Texas Rangers going out and getting Max Scherzer, but it's like Max Scherzer's not Max Scherzer anymore. You know, it's like the – the excitement was in the name. It wasn't so much in like, hey, we're going to get a guy that's an ace that's going to – I mean, every year over the last, I don't know, handful of years, Max Scherzer uh, has taken a step back. And also when he gets to the postseason, he's gotten knocked around. Like he just runs out of gas because he's at the end of his career. The Jordan Montgomery pickup is fine. Uh, I, he's not a high-velocity guy, and that's – I don't know how that's going to play in, in October. Uh, so I, I – appreciate their aggressiveness, but I don't know that th those moves make them uh, World Series favorites or contenders. I kind of like Justin Verlander back to the Astros the most. Um, I, I, you know, you go out and you give up your top prospect. He's a top 100 prospect to bring back Justin Verlander. He had a sub two ERA in Houston last year. I think the Astros, I mean, it's crazy. Like th if they make it to the ALCS this year, that's eight consecutive years. Like they are the New England oh. Patriots of Major League Baseball. And what I respect so much about them is the fact that they have gone to seven straight American League Championship Series. And they were like, we're going to give up our top prospect to make sure that we go to our eighth straight. They're not like, eh, you know, we went to seven straight. Like, we don't have to give up our top prospect for a 39-year-old Justin Verlander. But they did it. Like, they made that move. And that's coming off winning not just an ALCS appearance. They won the World Series last year. And they're still going for it. So I, I kind of like that move the most. So as far as the maybe the surprise teams, which I think if you don't have a horse in a race, you may root for. Now, Baltimore was a, 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 you know better than 500 last year, 100 losses a year before. Cincinnati did have 100 losses last year. So maybe Cincinnati is the more surprising team this year. But of those two, Baltimore and Cincinnati, which team has the longest legs of, con of continuity to be near the top of their division or in playoff runs? Baltimore for sure. Uh, their lineup is no joke. Uh, they have a pitching prospect, Grayson Rodriguez, who has not pitched well this year, but he's supposed to. So I, I feel like that's a guy that eventually somewhere down the line, like he can be a frontline guy. I mean, the Orioles, aside from getting a rental in Jack Flaherty, uh, who hasn't had the best season this year either. Like the Orioles have yet to kind of make their move. Like they have a ton of prospect capital to deal from. They're not going to be that team that goes out and hands out a $300 million contract, but they do have the resources to make a trade for a frontline starter. Like they were in the mix on Dylan Cease, something like that. So I, I feel like they're kind of that move away from actually being a really scary team. Whereas the Reds, they're 27th in starting pitching ERA, and they didn't make a trade for a starting pitcher for some reason. So, yeah, I I would put uh, the Baltimore Orioles at the forefront of the the teams of the future. Excited for them. Excited for the home stretch of the season, Jared. We appreciate all the help on this one, man. And uh, hopefully, we'll have you back soon as we get closer and closer to uh, the baseball that we all love coming up here uh, later in September, October, and beyond. Thanks, man.
I try to make as many football references as possible. So I, I try to make it easy for you guys. Well done. You, well you done. do. You spoon feed it to us. He knows his audience very well. Appreciate it, man. It, it, it is a, amazing he, to me, he's, Mike. He's been around us enough to know. He, he, he does. It, it, but it is amazing to me what Baltimore has done. Tied for second with most wins right now. You have Atlanta sitting there at 69 and then Tampa Bay, which got out of the gate so strong. Uh, in the AL East, you know, they have 66 wins along with Baltimore. But I just love seeing, you know, newer teams at the top, right? Uh, we haven't, like I said, Baltimore was over 500 last year, but I think the year before had like 110 losses, Cincinnati 100 losses last year. It's just good to see. And there's that good young talent in Cincinnati, not unfortunately, as Jared said, not on the pitching side, but certainly, you know, in the field and the hitting side of it. But uh, two two teams you just, you hope can, can can hold on to that. And as Jared said, he looks at Baltimore doing that the most. It's amazing. We were in Cincinnati for the uh, Jordan Cornette's golf outing there and how people were buzzing. And overall, yeah. just really excited about having multiple teams in their market right. doing really well. They talked about their um, their FC team in MLS doing well, but you know, you've got obviously a great young core with the Bengals and Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and all those guys. But then they're looking over at Ellie De La Cruz and what they've got there is a generational type talent also in their lineup on a team that's performing really well. And just what that does lifting a city. Since he's a great sports town, I'd love seeing it for them. So you're right. It is nice seeing a little bit of change of pace amongst that, even if, like Jared said, Ultimately, we look up in what's going on and what will happen in October in the world of baseball, and it does seem like, man, the Houston Astros, as much as people wanted to hate them for everything that happened with the trash cans and how everyone felt robbed of their hate tour in the 2020 season when there were no fans, the train just keeps on rolling with that thing, man, and Dusty Baker just sits there with his hand folded watching his team do his thing. And there, and then again, there are the Mets being the Mets and the Yankees underachieving. I mean... <laughs> What more can happen? Yep, exactly. Water has uh, found its level very quickly in some sects of the uh, Major League Baseball fandom. Sound the trumpets, it's horse racing time. So saddle up for the action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code GOLIT. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18+, plus, 21+, plus in certain states, to open or access an account and resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wager within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at DKHorse.com. All right, Dad, let's finish off this, that, and the third. Three quick ones to send you on your way. As always, download, subscribe, rate, review, and make sure you go and support our friends at Knockaround. Sunglasses, they support us. You support them. That's how it works. And it's right now, they're giving you a great service. It's the throes of summer. We're getting into August. If you're someone in our business standing out at training camp, you don't want to have to squint through bad sunglasses or worse, not have any at all while you're trying to figure out numbers on jerseys for backups in camp. Go to knock around the uh, go-to for quality polarized shades that aren't going to break your bank. So we talked to Jared Carabas. They got the first nine teams of their MLB collection that they've released that you can check out. They got the U.S. Women's National uh, Team 
sunglasses released so you can make sure your game day fit is right when you're up at two in the morning. I don't know. Maybe the sun's out. Maybe you live in Alaska. I don't know your life. Don't be the person squinting in the sun, getting sand in their overpriced sunglasses. Go to knockaround.com and get the best polarized shades in the business starting at just $28. Hey, they, they, they saved me the last couple of days. I had two golf tournaments, one we were together in Cincinnati, and then another one here at Notre Dame. Two beautiful days. Sun was out, had my knockarounds on, no squinting, and I actually golfed pretty well. And I drank pretty well. See? They will make you golf better. That is not a guarantee you can't legally pursue knockaround for that. I am just making <laughs> false promises. Um, all right, Dad, let's get to uh, this, that, and the third uh, and get on out of here. Uh, let's start with this. This one, man, long overdue and just happens to involve my, me and Brandon's former head coach and Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly announced to LSU that this year they're going to deliver injury reports for this college football season with probable, questionable, and doubtful or out designations on Mondays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, along with the hockey-style clarification <laughs> of ailment, upper body, or lower body injuries before each game. And, Dad, there's some... Specific reasons based on what we've seen happen in college sports recently, all the gambling impropriety that we saw happen at a couple of SEC programs, to basically say, we're going to give this information out so that no one's tempted or trying to get leveraged by people on the outside looking for information and running to sports books like idiots telling people, no, I've got inside information directly from a coach I'm texting right now. Some really dumb people out there, but you're exactly oh. right. That that's what you're trying to cut off here is is people getting called, players getting called, or giving out insider information. So players on the Monday and Thursday reports will be cited as either available or unavailable uh, on Saturday before each game. But I love the hockey designation. Right? Remember, this isn't a rule. They've been kicking this around in the SEC of what to do with the injury report. This is not mandatory. Uh, they're going to do it at LSU, but I love, it is the hockey, upper body, lower body illness. That's it. That's all you get. But at least you get something. And you're right. Listen, the betting world, which, listen, it was billion, billions of dollars illegally. Now it's billions of dollars legally. So now this is a way of giving that information out so nobody has to go to other sources to get that info. No, I think this is a long time coming, too. I always yes. figured this would be the case, and I figured gambling would be the driver one way or another. But also, I think this is better for players, too. You can't be murky about a player's injury status. You've got to deal honestly with the bodies of these young people that, again, still don't have a union to go to bat for them, so no one's mandated to do this. None of the leagues, the SEC said this isn't something on the table for them right now, but this is something I hope other programs feel pressured into following as it goes forward because, again, I do think it benefits the athlete for the programs to have to actually disclose this to the public so they can't hide this stuff. So why do you think it's, it's? I have my thought, up, upper body, lower body illness, and they don't specifically say the injury. I mean, listen, I know, and, and it sounds horrible to say, but we did it. Listen, if I played against an old lineman and I knew he had an elbow, if he was listed as, you know, doubtful or probable or questionable because of an elbow and he played, you're damn straight I'm going to hit that elbow as I'm trying to pass rush. I'm just going to do it. You know, and and I wouldn't be alone in that. So I wonder if that's part of it at all to not give out the specific reason or specific injury uh, of, of, you know, not saying that to make it maybe a target on the field. I'm sure that's part of it. I mean, listen, the line of thinking of coaches who are massive control freaks would always skew that way and saying, we want to give you as little information as possible if we have to give you any at all. That's why it's surprising this is happening to begin with. But again, net positive, so very happy to see this from LSU this upcoming fall. 
Um, Dad, let's get to that. This one, uh, so I had to double check with our buddy Jason Fitz on this front here. As it was reported over the last couple of days by People Magazine and TMZ that Taylor Swift is set to pay out massive bonuses to her crew. Everyone from the dancers, the riggers, sound technicians, catering, amongst others, and including the truck drivers, bonuses totaling in over $55 million. It had been reported that she had gifted truck drivers on her tour $100,000 each ahead of their Santa Clara spot over the weekend. Our buddy Jason Fitzdad, who spent his time obviously in the band Perry for seven years, I checked with him. I said, is this is this something normal that an artist would do relative to you know the success of right. their tour, the dollar amounts? And he said, no, this is actually pretty unique to her. It's something that she's known for doing and a pretty awesome gesture for a tour that we know. And Dad, I've seen it firsthand before in Vegas, going to see it again in L.A., is incredibly involved, takes a ton of people to make work. So it is good to see them being rewarded wow. and compensated extra for what's been a monster success. It's awesome to see. Now, listen, this tour is going to make her over $600 million. Um, but to, to hand that kind of money out... And I remember, you know, we go to, and when we can, go to like a, a Ch uh, Kenny Chesney concert. And I remember his, he had a double digit number of 18 wheelers that had to move his set around. So for her, you know, thing, I mean, you were at it. it what a production it is. I, I wonder how many truckers there are. And again, a hundred grand for each of them, not total for each of them, as well as all the others you mentioned, totaling over 55 million. That's just Listen, it's a great move. It's a class move. It's her taking care of her people. They put on incredible shows. It's been a long tour that's going to continue to go. I know it's going overseas as well. So kudos to her for doing this. There are around 50 truckers for her U.S. <laughs> tour. So that is how much material is needed to go and make one of the greatest shows I've ever seen happen. Shout out to her. Uh, very cool move. Dad, let's get to the third. This is we want to preface this by saying the kid's okay. An eight-year-old boy um, in the South American nation of Bolivia allowed a black widow spider to bite him because he wanted to become Spider-Man, according to health authorities here. The kid found the spider, made it bite him, trapped him and bought it home, and then unsurprisingly started not feeling great and was taken to the hospital. Again, able to get through this, but dad, Brandon knew, Brandon made the point yesterday in our meeting. It used to be video games getting blamed for all the problems in America and in the youth when I was a kid. And now apparently we're going to have to blame the inundation of superhero movies for a generation of kids looking for spiders, trying to change their life. I mean, wow. I, you just, you just, now again, he's eight years old. So, you know, it, it's tough to sit there and, you know, say you got to know better, but <laughs> Letting a spider bite you and actually thinking that's going to happen blows my mind. And again, the, the bottom line is the kid is okay. And, and, and that's the most important thing. But I wonder if this is like the only one that we have reported. I wonder if others have tried this before. How many spider bites a year yeah. we have yeah. in the name of trying to turn yourself? Because honestly, when you look at how so many different superheroes got their powers, like we're never going to be able to encounter the levels of gamma radiation needed to become like a member of the Fantastic Four or Bruce Banner. Neither of right. us were born gods, so that's out for us. And neither of us are smart enough to be Batman or Tony Stark. And so this is probably your quickest gateway to superhero-dom if you yeah, are going to yeah. go that route. 
Yeah, because remember, don't get lost in the thought that Batman got bit by a bat for superpowers. Batman isn't a superhero. So, I mean, that, that he just has a lot of stuff, you know, yeah. as, as a billionaire. Uh, so we're glad the kid's okay. Word is he can spin a web pretty well now, though. So, you know, that's, that, that's, that's a positive out of it. Mike, I'm going back really quickly to you. 50 truckers, $100,000 each. How much is that? $50 million. No, come on. $500 million. 50 truckers times $100,000. Add your zeros in. $55,000. million, you idiot. Actual retail price <laughs> sold. And I win bowl showcases. Download, subscribe, rate, review. Thanks so much. We'll see you tomorrow. Go, go. Boom. Money in the bank.